0: All right, we're going to read um, from Judges 16, and you can find that on the Bibles on your seats, page 361. Starting at verse 1. One day Samson went to Gaza, where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. The people of Gaza were told, Samson is here. So they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. They made no move during the night, saying, At dawn we will kill him. But Samson lay there only until the middle of the night. Then he got up and took hold of the doors of the city gate, together with the two posts, and tore them loose, bar and all. He lifted them up to his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faced Hebron. Some time later he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, see if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overcome him so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1100 shekels of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, tell me the secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Samson answered her, If anyone ties me up with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I'll become as weak as any other man. Then the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried, and she tied him with them. With Med hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you but he snapped the bowstrings as easily as a piece of string snaps when it comes close to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Then Delilah said to Samson, you've made a fool of me, you lied to me. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. He said, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I'll become as weak as any other man. So Delilah took new ropes and tied him with them. Then with men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the ropes off his arms as if they were threads. Delilah then said to Samson, all this time, you've been making a fool of me and lying to me. Tell me how you can be tied. He replied, if you weave the seven braids of my hair, into the fabric on the loom and tighten it with the pin, I'll become as weak as any other man. So while he was sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids of his hair, wove them into the fabric and tightened it with the pin.
1: Then she said to him, How can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God for my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, Come back once more. He was told he has told nearly everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with silver in their hands. After putting him to the, to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair, and so he began to subdue him, and his strength left him. Then she called, "Samson, the Philistines are upon you." He awoke from his sleep and thought, "I'll go out as before and shake myself free." but he did not know that the Lord had left him. <coughs> then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze-sacked shackles, they sent him to grinding grain in the prison, but his hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Our God has delivered our enemy into our hand. Oh. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who laid waste our land and multiplied our slain. While they were in high spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed for them. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, Pit me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple, so I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of Philistine were there, and on the roof were about three thousand men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me, please, God. Strengthen me just once more, and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached towards the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on one and his left on the other. Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. Then his brothers and his whole family went down to him. They brought him back and buried him between Zorah and Estetor in the tomb of Manoah, his father. He had led Israel for twenty years.
2: Good morning. Uh, what a story, hey! It's uh, um, uh, one that uh, I used to enjoy reading as a as a kid, uh, hoping I'd one day look big and strong and like uh, Samson. Unfortunately, I never got there, but uh, we can always dream. My name's Aaron. Uh, for those that don't know me, um, Susanna, who did the kids' talk, is my wife, and uh, we've. Been uh, enjoying our time here at Tonsley. I wonder what a typical day looks like for you. Maybe um, your alarm goes off at 6 a.m. You push the snooze button, uh, now you're running late. But you jump through the shower, you jump into the slam down some breakfast, you race off in the car, you just have to speed just a little bit to catch that light, uh, but you roll into work just on time, just like you were never running late at all. There's a mountain of stuff to do. You get stuck into it. Maybe there's meetings. Maybe there's that awkward conversation you have with a colleague or that boss about annual leave over Christmas that he doesn't want to have to give you. But you get through it and uh, you uh, head home. Uh, You get home, you have some dinner, you turn on the TV and you're ready for the next day. And it was a success. You got through. Maybe your day starts off at 5 a.m. with that child who needs to be fed. Uh, Then the other two kids wake, you have to get them ready for school, there's washing, there's cleaning, uh, there's grocery shopping, you have to sort out the budget. It's time to think about picking up the kids, making dinner, bars, and then at the end of it, you just collapse on the couch. But you got through successfully. And you did it all without talking to God, without any sort of reliance on God. I think in these scenarios, we could be tempted to do one or two things because nothing went wrong. We essentially repeat the day and we presume upon God's continued blessings. Or we may even start to think that because we got through, it was due to our time management, maybe our smart thinking or our self-sufficiency. We easily forget how dependent we are upon the grace of God. But there's a danger to this lifestyle and none of us are exempt And we're going to see this in the story of Samson. If you have your Bibles, keep them open to Judges chapter uh, 16. For a little bit of context, uh, Samson was chosen by God before he was born to be a leader of Israel. One of the signs of his calling was to follow the Nazarite vow. He couldn't touch a dead body, he couldn't drink strong drink or wine and he wasn't to uh, shave his, his hair. He killed over a thousand Philistines, uh, he made tons of enemies, you could just imagine. Uh, he was protecting Israel, but he wasn't leading them back to God like he should have. And I don't know, maybe Samson got bored. But in verses 1, it says, Samson went to Gaza. Now, Gaza is not some pokey little town on the outskirts. Uh, it's the capital city. You think, what are you doing, Samson? Are you looking for, looking for trouble? You're going to get yourself caught, Samson. Why would you be so foolish? But Samson gets up at midnight and uh, he doesn't just sneak out, uh, but he takes the city gates and he takes the posts as a souvenir. Uh, the, the, these first three verses in, in Judges 16 really highlights what's happened in the last couple chapters. That is, Samson becomes more confident in the blessings of God he grows more confident in his own invulnerability and starts to presume upon God by endangering by engaging in more irresponsible behavior. Samson's heart starting to use God's blessings as a reason to forget God. In verses 4, Samson meets Delilah. Now Samson's already had various relationships in the past, and he starts up another one. What's interesting is um, in these, uh, in the first three verses, the uh, actually Delilah means or Delilah means night, and Samson means like little son. And the word nights repeated four times in the first three verses, and it's almost like there's this picture that uh, our Samson with this prevalence of this darkness and this night that this little light falls in love with the darkness and falls in love. Uh, with the knight, but what we're going to see is that he's actually going to be overpowered uh, by the knight. In verses 5, the rulers of the Philistines, the leaders of the whole nation, they hatched this plan to capture Samson. Now it's probable Delilah never truly loved Samson, she's prepared to sell him, we can see that in the verse there, but regardless of all of this, Samson's prepared to take the risk, isn't he? In verses 6 to 14, uh, Samson gets tied up, We get this game where Delilah asks him about his strength, Samson lies, the Philistines come, Samson gets up and escapes, and it repeats uh, three times. Actually, when the Bible reading was being read, I heard someone say, how could he be so stupid? You would think after the first time he would have known. But it's quite predictable, isn't it? Samson would know Delilah's not genuine. Why would he be roped into playing such a dangerous game? Excuse the pun. Uh, but after three times, you can see Delilah gets really, really frustrated. In verses 15 to 17, she nags him every day and is pressuring him to his sick to death of it, you can just imagine. Then she finally broke him down and he told her the secret of his strength despite knowing her intentions. This also isn't new for Samson. If you were to go back to chapter 14, uh, the same thing happens with another woman. Uh, where he tells her the secret and runs into trouble. He knows what's going to happen next, but it seems like he just doesn't care, you know? Something deeper is going on with Samson that made him give away his secret. I think he's broken multiple vows before in the past. Maybe he's thinking, who cares if I get shaved? I mean, what's going to happen? I'll just, uh, you know, maybe he thinks he doesn't even need God. But where Samson's really wrong, is how this story is going to end up. In verses 18 to 19, um, we can see she's really upset there. In verses 18 to 19, uh, what happens is to be expected. Uh, she shaves his head. She calls the Philistines and his strength uh, leaves him. But what isn't expected is this. Is you would think that after everything that's gone on, including telling her the truth, he peacefully goes to sleep on her lap. I don't know about you, if I, but if I'm anxious about something uh, or something's on my mind and it's racing, I can't sleep <laughs> very well. i would be up and out of there if, if that was me. But he goes to sleep. And what happens in verses 20 is really strange. So just pick up with me in verses 20. Have a look. Then she called, saints and the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Samson knows he's told Delilah the truth. And I'm sure he woke up and realised his hair was gone. Um, You could ask Cam what that liberating feeling might feel like. But what he says reveals something about his heart, doesn't it? I'll go out as before and shake myself free. Notice verse 20 again. It says, But he did not know that the Lord had left him. He assumed his strength would still be there, even in disobedience. You know, the possibility of going on in an attempt to do a work of God after God has withdrawn himself should be an absolutely appalling and fearful thought for any of us, shouldn't it? The phrase I'll go out as before sums up the lesson uh, for us. He thought no matter what he did, however he lived his life, the strength would never leave him. He'd come to completely take God's grace for granted. He lived in compromise for so long, he thought God, He thought it would never make a difference. Tim Keller says this, Samson was unable to see how dependent he was on God's grace. He'd come to see his strength as an inalienable right, not as a gift of God's mercy. Let me ask you this question. Do you ever take God's grace for granted? If we could take a snapshot of your life right now and and put it up on the screen, would it be one of thankfulness, dependence and praise of God? Or could we sum up your life, could you sum up my life with a phrase, I'll just go out as before, The danger of presuming upon God is this, we can push God away. Maybe life's pretty good for you. Uh, Maybe you've got a good job, you've got good health, family life is great. But isn't it true that we're prone to pick up our prayer life when we think we need him and slack off when we don't? How often do you pray for God in need on a daily basis? Or have you forgotten God and live life as if you don't? need him how many times do you rush into settling that conflict with your partner or your children without asking for wisdom and guidance if we're honest we do it all the time i do it if you're to rethink over your day how, are there times you could stop and pray for guidance in talking to that work colleague or that friend for helping that test at school uh, for safety on the wet roads for patience with your family for wisdom in organizing the budget Maybe just stop and be thankful for the many blessings that God's given you. We just, we just get too busy to need God, don't we? Um, we easily forget that we're dependent upon him. The life that doesn't presume upon God is a life marked by dependent prayer, not just for the big needs, but the seemingly insignificant normalities of life. The life that doesn't presume upon God is is a life marked by dependent prayer, not just for the big needs, but for the seemingly insignificant normalities of life. Have you ever wondered why God chose to pull back from bestowing his his power on Samson now and not before? I don't think it was all about three strikes and you're out. The fall of Samson was brought about by man forgetting his need and appreciation for the grace of God. He'd pushed God away. But God also pulled back because he loved Samson and wanted to redeem him. You know, God lovingly chose to withhold his, uh, the, the blessing of his strength. Samson lost his eyes. You could just imagine how uncomfortable that would have been. Grinding grain in the prison house. Pretty uncomfortable life. But the worst thing that could have happened to Samson was him totally forgetting his need for God. Thankfully, this isn't the end of the story. In verses 23 to 27, uh, there's this huge party going on. And essentially, they arrange it to mock Samson. He asks Samson, and Samson asks to be, to be put in between the, the supporting pillars. But rather than give a massive heave, I want you to look what he says. Look what he says in verses 28. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me, please God, Strengthen me just once more. And let me, with one blow, get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Verse 28 seems to show a different Samson who now realises his dependence upon God. He's asking for strength, not presuming upon it. I'll go out as before. The challenge for us is this. You don't let success, good health, a comfortable life, or past or present success drive you away in all your independence from the most rewarding friendship you could ever experience or know. If you're like me and you feel like you take God's grace for granted a lot, then run to the cross. I really want you to hear this. No matter how many times we push God away, he'll always be there to welcome us back with open arms. Because it's not about us and our performance, but about his grace and his mercy. In verses 29 to 30, God bestows his grace upon Samson. He gives him his strength back. After all that Samson had done to abuse God's gift and take him for granted, this was totally undeserved grace. God didn't have to do that, but he did. But this is what our God is like. This is the God that we're worshipping here this morning. This is what he loves to do. He's willing to give us grace upon grace if we would just ask for it. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He paid the price and bridged the gap so that we could have a daily friendship with the most wonderful and faithful friend we could ever have. No, it's a beautiful thing, and actually it's a liberating thing to be dependent upon God. It means we can truly rest upon Jesus in every circumstance. It's not up to us. Let's respond to the cross by living a dependent, loving, and thankful relationship with God, the giver of all good things, even in the seemingly insignificant normalities of life. Why don't we pray? Dear God, we're thankful so much for this simple story, even though we we raced very fast through it. The the point is is that we so easily forget that we're dependent on you. The nation of Israel did this over and over and over again in good times. They forgot you and then you came in and intervened and they came back. and We see this in, in the life of Samson. But if we're honest, we see this in ourselves. God, may we run back to God. May we be people that, that wake up seeking for you and asking for your guidance, being thankful uh, and growing dependent upon the grace of God in, in everything that we do. God, we pray that you will, uh, by your spirit, encourage us And uh, help us as we continue on to the rest of the service. In your name, amen.